0: Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming up. Plenty of room.
1: His name, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Life is looking up. Life is looking up. It's hard not to, at this time of the year, to feel some excitement as the winter breaks and enters into our spring and then gives way to summer. And you get excited as you see the farmers out in the field planting. And there's such potential and excitement in the, the seed going into the ground. Just exciting. Life is looking up. Uh, graduations are happening. People are finishing one year of school, maybe going on to the next year of school, going on to the next school entirely, or you know, finishing their formal education and then entering the workforce or furthering themselves with more opportunities. Graduation parties are happening. There's just excitement and such potential. Life is looking up. But we also are no stranger to the fact that. Old challenges are replaced with new challenges in our life. There's strife, there's struggle, there's difficulties that come along. Uh, but for the Christian, we realize life does not have to be always down in the dumps or in the doom and gloom, or even though those come and try to, to settle in on our psyche and our mind and our heart, we don't have to let them, because for us, life is looking up. Literally, life is about looking up and seeing Jesus, our ascended Lord. He lived... He reigns, he will return. The Apostle John, as he wrote to, as he wrote to um, this letter, Revelation, he recorded all the different things that, that Jesus had, had given him to see and to know and to write down. You see, John was exiled because of the faith, because of his faith, because he proclaimed Jesus as the Savior. He was exiled, forced away from his congregations that he served in Asia Minor, the love he had for them. You can imagine how he might be feeling. I mean, I would be wondering if the church is going to survive, if Jesus is truly reigning, if Jesus is going to return, but life is looking up. And what he saw, what he shares with us, makes us look up and see what he saw and realize life for the Christian is always looking up. Jesus lives. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white, a white horse, Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is God's word. Two years ago, on my birthday, um, the nation shut down. Do you remember that whole thing? You know, like because of the COVID pandemic, um, and everything shut down, and then you know we labored, How long is this going to last? And then there's the excitement that things are breaking up, and we're gonna we're gonna get out of this, and we're gonna everything's opening up again. And there's excitement, like you know, such potential, such great things are happening, and everything will be get back to normal, whatever that means. And uh, and then we realize, you know, that the more difficulties these and will continue to come. People said, you know, it's 2020. To, you know, it's 2020, and all over again. You no know, newspaper, you no, know, we're not through this yet, it's not over yet. Um, but we know that difficulties and struggles will always continue to come. Um, relationships struggle, parents struggle, children struggle, spouses struggle with one another, businesses struggle, you struggle, nation struggle, I struggle. In the midst of all this struggle, John receives this beautiful vision. And what he sees gives him hope gives him confidence gives him comfort in the midst of the struggle as he bears these burdens and crosses because Jesus lives look at what he saw i saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true jesus lives he rides a white horse a little bit different from the last time we saw him riding an animal right you remember the other animal he was riding the donkey a colt full of a donkey you know in great humility submitting himself subjecting himself to, to ride into jerusalem and to be delivered into the hands of the chief priests and the teachers of the law the jewish leadership humbling himself to their accusations and even though he didn't commit these things they they convicted him of blasphemy because he a mere man claimed to be god that's who he is but he subjected himself to their thoughts and then passed along to the roman governor Abused not only by the Jewish leaders, but also by the Roman soldiers, crown of thorns pressed in his head, he took it. He has yes, Pilate realizes he's completely innocent, but you know, in a big symbolic way, he tries to wash his hands, convicts him to die. And what kind of a death? He humbles himself to death even on a cross. He's nailed to the cross. He suffers horribly, and not only that, but he suffers the, the full wrath of God over sinfulness. Over sin, over guilt, over shame. And whose? Yours and mine. He did that for us. He suffered hell on the cross in your place, in my place. And he died. And he laid in the tomb. And three days later, he rises with power and authority, proves his resurrection to many, and then after 40 days, descends into heaven. Jesus lives. And the picture John gets is, this is no humble, you know, person who's subjecting himself or taking the blows. This is the one who is victory. This is the one who has power and authority. And his name, his name is faithful and true. Which is a good reminder to us, as we struggle in this world, not only with the burdens that we bear or the difficulties that come into our hearts, but as we hold on to God's word in a nation, in the world, that would like to do away with God's Word. As we hold on to His commands, His will for us in our lives, and also His promises, the world scoffs at us. When you try and share the truth in love with a coworker, or a neighbor, or a friend, or even a relative, and they kind of look at you like, oh, you simpleton, one day you'll get it. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. That's been long done away with. Or they take their Bible and they cut out different parts they don't like And then they they show you, well, this is the, but no, it's not. And you stand on God's word, as unpopular as it may be, and you take heed for it, The difficulty.
0: But to know that Jesus
1: lives, to know that he's got power and authority, he is the victory, standing victorious, poised, and
0: ready, and his name is faithful and true. He's faithful to all his promises,
1: all his word, and we find truth and the definition of truth in him, in him alone. He's faithful and true. And Jesus reigns. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. The world is not spinning out of control. Does it feel like that, though? Yeah, I think so sometimes. You look at the news, and it seems like the only things we can report or talk about are the difficulties, the hardships, or how everything seems to be wrong. And we see more and more evidence of living in a sinful world, the consequences of a sinful world. And it can feel like
0: the world is spinning out of control,
1: but it's not. Even when you and I have to suffer. Even when we see other people going through struggles and hardships. Jesus reigns. Everything crosses his death. He allots certain things. And to the believer, we have the comfort that this is discipline. Everything we struggle with or someone else struggles with and we see and we're hurt by it or we're concerned about it is a good call to repentance that we turn away from from sin and shame and we turn away from our sinful selves and trying to find a solution in our sinful selves and we look to Him. We look up. We look up to the forgiveness, the will of God, His love for us. And we find comfort there, not in ourselves, but we find it in Him. And we realize that God uses everything for a good purpose in our lives. And he sets a limit to the difficulties we have to suffer and that this life is only for a time then we have the glories of heaven and so yes jesus reigns and for those who reject him those who would turn away from him those who do not want him you know he's just in his judgments on them too and on the last day we will say he's just if a doctor arrives on the scene who can heal every disease and sickness and calls to the world to come to him and he heals many but some refuse whose fault is that not the doctors it's theirs and so god is just in all his judgments with justice he judges and wages war. his eyes are like blazing fire he sees all things with, the, with an intensity that he cares about each and everything that's going on in this world each and everything that's going on in thought word and deed in your hearts and the hearts of the world he knows what you go through the psalmist cry out how long will the lord And you have that wondering in the back of our minds. Does God listen? Does God know? And he does. He sees all. He knows all. And he reigns. Trust him. On his, or he wears many crowns. The armies align themselves against the Lord, the whole nation is turned away from him and rage against God and his word and persecute those who follow him. Jesus reigns. Their time will be cut short, their time is numbered, those days days are numbered, and also those rulers and leaders who believe in him were told willingly lay their crowns at his feet, recognizing he is the Lord, he truly reigns. All authority comes from him. Jesus reigns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the Word of God. A name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Interesting. there are things that god doesn't let us know sometimes we are like why you know i want to know lord why you let this happen in my life or lord i want to know why this happened or why you allowed this or you said this or what you were thinking and god doesn't give us all that he gives us way more than enough to know that he truly reigns and he truly loves us and he truly cares but we're always wondering but god in his wisdom has said no but trust him and he's given us every reason to trust him But do we? So often, we struggle with that thought that, you know, maybe God doesn't know what's going on with me. Maybe, you know, we we let our hearts be an open place for worry, the anxieties of life, and even fear to creep in. And then after there, we like to make our hearts their home and our minds and our psyches their home, and then they just keep kind of coming, and they feel like they have a right to it. And so, so often, even when you don't want to feel anxious or fearful or worried, they just kind of barge in and kind of set up shop maybe that's just me but i think that's maybe you too right and we have these words we have these fears we have these stresses we have these anxieties and they just intrude their way in and the devil's trick our simple nature loves this is to make us think you know be tempted by something and think you know god's commands don't apply to me and then i can do what i want i can ignore his word i can maybe plunge into this thing or or neglect this thing that god would have me do in my life and then, when we realize how wrong that is, even repent of it, God, forgive me, then the devil comes in, or our simple nature goes, Well, you know, God's laws didn't apply to you, and God's gospel doesn't apply to you either. And you can't really be forgiven. And you, know, you think God's going to forgive you after you turned away from it? After you did this thing, or you thought this way, or you plunged into this thing? Maybe God, no, it really doesn't apply to you. You ever have that happen? Is that every day sometimes? That the the devil tries to creep in with that logic. You know, God's law doesn't apply to you, but then God's gospel doesn't apply to you either. Well, the devil's wrong on both counts. Isn't he? Jesus is called the Word of God. The only time in Scripture he's actually called fully that, the Word of God. John chapter 1, he's called the Word. Other places, but here, the Word of God. Realize, Jesus is true God.
0: Everything Jesus says is God's word, God's message
1: to us. Trust it. And Jesus gives credence to all of God's word, that this is the truth in every part, infallible. It never fails. Inerrant. it has no errors. Inspired. this is God's word to you. And so trust it. When Jesus rose from the grave, did his disciples immediately recognize that this was the way it was supposed to go. When the women came back from the tomb and said, He's risen! Were they like, yes! Yeah. They were like, that's just confusion. We don't know what's going on. They didn't, they didn't believe it. They didn't want to trust it. Um, you know, John were told to believe, but he didn't yet know from Scripture. Um, and then two disciples actually leave Jerusalem. Some were locked up for fear of the Jews. And two actually choose Easter. They'd heard Jesus risen from the grave, it just sounded confusion to them. So they left the city and they were leaving. We're, we're done. Let's see a traveler comes alongside them whom we know as jesus but he conceals his identity you know what are you guys talking about as you walk along and so they say you know they tell all about what happened and don't you know about this jesus and we had thought he would be the one to deliver but they've given up they were thinking this can't be me. so what, does jesus go surprise it's me no what does he do we're told beginning with moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself and he walks through the old testament he walks through the scriptures to say this had to happen this is all that needed to be done and jesus had to do these things and then he would rise and all these things would happen and then the light bulbs went on left and right and said our hearts were burning within us and then after they realized that he breaks it down He have a meal with them breaks bread and then they recognize him and then he's gone from their sight they run all Back to Jerusalem with great joy because they saw it from the scripture and they knew it. a truly, Jesus truly lives. Jesus truly reigns. And so trust him. Trust his word about sin, that you and I are sinners,
0: desperately in need, despairingly in need of a savior, and trust
1: God's word about you that you are forgiven. That everything Jesus did on the cross applies to you. Your sin is washed away. You are forgiven. You are a child of God, and heaven is your home. Jesus reigns, his, he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, whose blood is it? He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, whose blood is on his robe? Some would say it's his blood, and did Jesus shed his blood for us? Absolutely. You know, John even writes in his first letter, in 1 John, it says, And the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from every sinner, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's true. In Revelation chapter 7, you know, John sees this vision, and he sees all these people dressed in white robes, and he says, and someone says, Who are they? And he says, Sir, you know. He says, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed, they have washed their robes and made them white from the blood of the Lamb. But Jesus' blood covers over our sins and washes us clean. So that's a very true statement in the scripture. Very comforting. But also, could it be the blood of his enemies? Fulfilling a prophecy God made through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 563. Who is this coming from Edom? Edom was, you know, the distant relatives and also the people who always rejoiced when Israel fell or Jerusalem was destroyed. They would often mock Israel. Just a picture of the enemies of God. Who is this coming from Edom, from Bosra, with his garments stained crimson? Who is this robed in his splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I, proclaiming victory, mighty to save. This is also true, that Jesus is truly reigning, and He destroys all God's enemies, all the enemies of, of His children, in the in the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Both are true. Both are coming. Because Jesus truly does reign. Life is looking up. Jesus lives. Jesus reigns. And Jesus will return. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe, and on his side he has this name written. King of kings, and Lord of lords, Jesus has it all taken care of, doesn't he? Yes, we struggle and strive side of eternity, and we will. And there will be old challenges that God delivers us from, new challenges that he allots into our lives. But all the while, knowing where to set the limit, knowing how to make things work out for our good, and then calling for us to trust in him, to trust his word, to hold on to it, and to struggle and strive with the comfort that we can look up and we can see he truly does that he truly does reign and it'll only be for a little while and he will come in return and so we live this life serving our lord we live this life even with the most difficult trials we can still have joy and peace in our hearts knowing that it's just for a little while and look at jesus he's riding that white horse faithful and true is his name he is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is poised, ready with all the mighty angels to return to bring us home to heaven and to put an end to this suffering and the sinfulness of this world once and for all. So brothers and sisters in Christ, life is looking up. And on the day he returns, you will truly see your King of kings and Lord of lords. He lives. He reigns. He will return. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Amen. Usually during this time, we gather our thank offerings to the Lord, but we have our baskets at the entrances and exits, and also our box down the office. Plus, people are giving online. We're thankful for all the gifts that God's people give Uh, But we've also taken this time to simply walk through the greater stewardship of our gifts that God has given to us, the the time he gives to each and every one of us, uh, the talents and abilities, the the treasure, the the temple of our bodies, and and the truth of his word. And today, it seems wise to look at time we know that Jesus is coming back. and We pray, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. He knows the day and time we do not. And so we live with one eye on the clouds and seeing our victorious king waiting for his return, praying for his return, but we also keep an eye on the things that God has given to each and every one of us to do. I you think of Jesus in his last earthly day, so to speak, before his, uh, before his passion? What did he do? He was about the things that he was called to do. He taught his disciples. He... Um, Ate the Passover meal with them, as it was prescribed for that day, that he was to do that. Uh, he, he prayed for his disciples, for you and for me. Um, he was comforted. Uh, he gave them great comfort, and the Lord suffered his body and blood for their forgiveness. And what a good model for us. He washed his disciples' feet. He served. What a good model for us. We do the things God has called each and every one of us to do in our vocations that we have. Uh, we go with the comfort and the joy of His forgiveness. We rely on His Word. We pray for one another. And also we serve one another. That's what we do with our time to glorify God until the day He calls us home. In His name.